Yeah. I'm going to talk about some stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm serious. Oh, you're laughing now, but you won't be laughing, pal, <laughs> when I get done with this. All right, well, what you got on your mind? I don't know. It's not a big deal. I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're serious. Uh, no, I wanted to uh, say congratulations to my, my homies uh, at uh, Nui. They have... Um, they they started a company called Keto Cookie, mm-hmm. and then they they have uh, they have been making and baking their cookies themselves, and having their family do it. And they've been sending us products for a long time. And uh, they used to they're formerly known as Keto Cookie, and they changed the name because people were they were, people were coming to them saying like, hey, you know, what's a healthy cookie to eat? And they would say, well, our Keto Cookie's good. And the people are like, I'm not on a keto diet. So people are getting confused, and so that's why they changed the name. Yeah, and then also they're trying to get the cookie into more people's hands. Um, kids, you know, like so, a, adults given a, a keto giving a kid a keto cookie. Mm-hmm. Kids like, you know, no way, I'm not, I'm not going to eat a diet cookie, yeah. right? And so uh, anyway, they've been they've been working hard, but it's cool. They're out of their mom's kitchen. They were cooking in their mom's kitchen, and having the whole family uh, scoop the uh, cookie dough and cook it and everything which i think is wow. cool i think yeah. that's great like bootstrapping it that way that's really cool um but then they they started to raise some money they're able to raise some money and uh, now they have a full kitchen they're able to cook as many cookies as they need because that was another hard thing for them is to try to keep up with the demand mm-hmm. um i'll be 100 percent transparent i don't like all their flavors sorry guys <laughs> uh but i they had a snickerdoodle one that's actually really really good and they got a couple other flavors are good. So if you get a chance, check out, check them out. It's N U I, oh. and uh, they're they're just guys that have been working hard. They're guys that like my brother and I have known for a long time, and uh, we actually had, had a really cool meeting with them one day. And I said, hey, you know, meet me, meet me at Bulletproof Coffee. I said I have another meeting there, um, and so it'd be great to to meet up with you guys. And they were really in for a real treat because I was meeting with Ron Penna from, mm. from Quest Nutrition. And man, these guys just got hit with like all kinds of, inf- you know how Ron is, right? Yep. So these guys got hit with all kinds of uh, cool information, but congrats to them. They're doing some cool stuff. And then they sent me some information yesterday that uh, just absolutely floored me. I mean, when I, when sometimes a friend will text me, I'll kind of like check their Instagram and look at stuff. And so that's how I was kind of uh, made more aware of, you know, the direction they're going with their cookies and stuff like that. But I thought it was super cool. He's like, hey, did you hear the news? And it was about Quest. Do you guys know about this? No. I just pulled it up. Yeah. Quest Nutrition has been sold to... Uh, Simply Good Foods Co. Right. Simply Good Foods Co., which is basically, they, they carry uh, Atkins uh, wow. meals, Atkins diet, Atkins bars, the, uh, the drinks, all that kind of stuff, which plays to a much older crowd. But that's a gigantic company. And uh, they sold it for about an estimated $1 billion. So congrats to our boys over at Quest. Congrats to Ron Penna to start a new chapter. Um, and uh, a- everybody else involved. Tom Bilyeu obviously is involved in that as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ron's partner, Michael, what's his name on there? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll find it. I forget. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> anyway, I've met all of them before. Great people. Like I've had just such, I've had nothing but good things to say about Quest Nutrition we love their bars. We eat them. Uh, we're highly addicted to them, so we got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, we don't we, do. we don't eat all of them all the time. Yeah. Uh, Mike Osborne, mm-hmm. Mike Osborne. So anyway, congratulations to them. I love seeing that kind of stuff because it levels up everything in the fitness industry. Um, 
and it uh, it's cool. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe Chris Duffin's company or maybe Matt Wenning's company. Uh, not that they not that I know that they want to sell it, but maybe they sell it to a big company like Rogue, mm. and maybe they you know are able to cash out and make a good amount of money and then go off and do another project. And I think that when things like this happen, it just opens the doors. I mean, we saw it with uh, Primal Kitchen with Mark Sisson's brand. And we're seeing it more and more. And that article in particular talks about how popular protein bars are. And we're getting into some advertising on the show. And right off the bat, we have two two companies that have protein bars, yeah. you know, coming to us, uh, Perfect Keto and Quest. And look, there's room for everybody. Like the, the Perfect Keto bar, maybe somebody doesn't want the grams of fat because they're not on a keto diet. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they want the Quest bar. But maybe somebody's you know, who's on a keto diet is like, well, I need more fat and I... You know, don't know if the Quest bar is going to kick me out of ketosis, so I'm going to go with the collagen uh, perfect bar, you know? Yeah. And just different things for different people, right? And there's plenty of room. There's room for success for everybody. And when I met yesterday with the Mind Pump guys, we talked a lot about that, and we talked about collabing with them and doing some stuff with them, and I think it would be great. I think a lot of times people want to, like, you know, keep it themselves, yeah. <laughs> try to keep everything themselves, but really the truth is, um, if we were to interview Dorian Yates, um, the Mind Pump fans would say, I can't wait until you have Dorian Yates on your show. Mm-hmm. Like, because they, you know, they, it's not that they don't like us. It's just that maybe they're more fans of Mind Pump. Yeah. You know, and, and I've heard people say it uh, about us when it comes to some of the guests that Joe Rogan's had on. And sometimes we're like, oh, I can't wait for him to be on your show. And so it's not, it's not hate towards any one thing. It's just that there's a lot of room for a lot of us to be successful. And that's how this show is able to be successful and all the other shows are able to uh, gain some momentum as well. Anyway, we're going to dive into some cool stuff today, talking about some body building, mm-hmm. talking about you know whether it's worth it to go that deep uh, into, because a bodybuilding show, you got to have a lot of restriction. But before we do that, it is Free Shirt Friday. Oh. And you know, you know what happens on Free Shirt Friday. <laughs> Andrew, start the music. <laughs> so for everybody that's listening, it's not uh, getting an amazing show right cameras, now. Cameras and SEMA is more Jack than me. <laughs> so Mark and SEMA are just uh, disrobing. Bare I'll say, it. yeah, they're barebacking it, throwing on this. Uh, what do we call it? Olive drab. Slingshot, free shirt, Friday shirt. Oh my gosh! Very militant. I feel like I yeah. can jump out of a airplane. Andrew, you called this olive drab. I think is that's that actually what it is. the technical color. I, yeah, yeah, it is. It's a military color. Yeah, I don't know if that's the color of this though. Well, but yeah, it it's is close now. <laughs> you made it be. You made well, it so. Yeah, heard it here first like on the a, podcast. A muddy green. That's what I'd call it. Muddy green. I like it. Just changed it. <laughs> <laughs> Brings out the color of your eyes. Yeah, actually. Kind of. I don't think I ever looked at your eyes before. They're, I've been looking at those pecs the whole time and those yeah, shoulders. Yeah. They're just they're Fantas- fantasizing. <laughs> dreaming. Thinking oh, about possibilities. All right, calm down, Mark. Not today. Um I, I gotta for I, another day. I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta take a cold shower. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been going on? What's on your mind over there, Natty Professor? With bodybuilding stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. So yeah, so this this was something I was thinking about the other day because bodybuilding is awesome. Like the work you have to do to get on stage, right? The commitment you have to have. 
um, the, any athlete that's able to do that gets a stage successfully. It's, it's no matter if you win, like, yeah, you want to win, but if, even if you don't, it's a great accomplishment in and of itself because not everybody takes that step to do that. But, but, um, what I've noticed is that a lot of people, especially when you see everyone, you know, competing, whether it be a natural or not, um, people just like want to head there. So a new lifter, right. will see people uh, on the bodybuilding and stage and say, Hey, in a year or maybe two years, I want to step on stage. They don't have any dieting experience. <laughs> maybe they start working out more right. seriously. But um, there are a lot of consequences. Like there are a lot of positive, but there are a lot of negative consequences to getting that lean uh, that I don't think is, is spoken about that much. I, I agree 100%. And it's like <laughs> when, when somebody, even when somebody gets into powerlifting, I'm always like, oh man, like they <laughs> probably don't know the whole story here like yeah. there's some real pitfalls to mm-hmm. kind of fall into especially for some of the people that want to get big you know it's like okay well, we can get big but let's um let's at least have some uh health <laughs> you know uh in the equation because once you become unhealthy if you start to negatively impact your sleep then it's going to negatively impact your lifts and you're going to go backwards and you're not going to get the progress that you're looking for so sometimes when it comes to power lifting sometimes people fall down that rabbit hole but we see it a lot with bodybuilding because bodybuilding, there's no um, bodybuilding reminds me of like jumping up onto something. You can't like jump up onto this table slowly. You'll get killed. You know, like yeah. you'll fuck up your shins, right? You'll like fall. And bodybuilding kind of seems that way. Like if you don't jump with as much force as you possibly can into it, you're not going to really look or turn into anything. So it's like you better put your best foot forward and you better really work your ass off for it. I think what gets to be hard is it's like you have to be locked in, right? You got to get yourself locked into a good diet, um, some good good strategy in terms of uh, cardio, some good strategies in terms of your eating, and some good strategy in terms of your actual lifting. And that's pretty easy to do, like on a Monday. It's pretty easy to do on like a Wednesday here and there. It's pretty easy to do sporadically in your training. Like I think everyone's probably pretty good with it that likes to work out and they have these days where they feel on fire and they might have these days where they feel lean Mm -hmm. you know we all kind of have a day where we feel a little leaner we got days where we feel a little softer right but as a bodybuilder you don't have time for those discrepancies it's like you have to be on point all the time so the only way that you're going to look like anything on stage is to get locked in and then to have a lot of consistency and this is where you start to get really you can get screwed up yeah because you know, five days in probably isn't so bad, but five weeks in now you're starting to be really deprived of stuff. You have taken your caloric intake down, your energy output is high Mm -hmm. and you start to turn into a zombie and you start to come, you start to become a person that has that you lose a lot of stuff. Like even just like empathy for some reason, (laughs) your body doesn't even have any fucking room for empathy, which is lame, right? It doesn't make any sense. But you really don't care about other people. Um, you're not affectionate. If you're with a significant other, like you don't want to show them any love for some, I don't know. It makes you like grumpy. You're trying to be like super focused because you got, it's It's so hard to really explain. Mm-hmm. And, and the people that are listening right now that have been locked into it, they know. But our question is, is, is it a good idea to start with not just some bodybuilding exercise? I think we can all agree that bodybuilding is, is fantastic adding more protein to your diet uh having some simple carbohydrate or some um, complex carbohydrates rather in your diet probably a good idea mm-hmm. um 
keeping your fat in some sort of moderation so that you can train good, recover well from your workouts, get a good pump when you're in the gym because if you don't have any carbs, you're going to be kind of, kind of flat. So a lot of the bodybuilding principles, I think we can all agree, maybe doing some cardio here and there, we can all agree the bodybuilding principles are probably the number one place to start when it comes to lifting. Yeah. Uh, however, um, being a bodybuilder, that's what we're questioning today. Like, would that be a good place to start? And man, I don't know because the actual bodybuilding routine to actually get into the bodybuilding routine and to get on stage is one thing, but then coming out of it is another thing. And I think from a mental standpoint, uh, it could be disastrous, yeah. especially for somebody. I think that a lot of times people think that just women really struggle with like, uh, you know, this quote unquote feeling of, of being fat or, or, or being heavy. It's like, you know, guys really struggle with this as well. And, you know, we here at Slingshot, we're designing, you know, shorts and we're messing around with shirts and doing some, some of our own cut and sew stuff. And what a company like Lululemon has done so brilliantly with men and women's clothing, clothing is the clothing feels good. It feels comfortable. It accentuates like your good spots and doesn't draw, draw any attention to anything uh, that might not be working out so great for you. So for me, if I gain any fat, it's kind of like in my lower back. And I've had shorts before that like, you know, hug the muffin top, yeah. you know, and I fucking, it drives me crazy. Cause I'm like, man, like, okay, I have more fat there than maybe I want, but I'm not fat. And yeah. I'm like, that's making me feel fat. And so they have shorts that have kind of a wider band on them that fit you better. Mm -hmm. Even the shorts that we make uh, are like that has a, wi a wider or taller waistband. It's not going to pinch into your sides. It's like, dude, I got like four pounds of fat on me. Like, give me, give me some goddamn slack here, right? <laughs> but kind of the point is, is that you can get so caught up in that and seeing just the negative stuff that you have, seeing the little extra baggage that you have, and maybe doing a bodybuilding show could really send your mind into a crazy tailspin. Yeah, it can definitely amplify that. And, you know, when you were saying, like, uh, the body image issues that a lot of people think mainly women have it, I think just as many men have it. They just don't talk about it as much <laughs> yeah. or it's not reported as much. But, you know, when you get that lean, right, I feel like I, I want people to understand that, uh, you know, I've done a bunch of shows. Mark's done shows. Um, we don't think bodybuilding is, like, like bad inherently you know we're not saying you shouldn't do bodybuilding but i think it is really important that any type of athlete that wants to get into it knows exactly what they're getting into you know first off the relationships part that you talked about right you know i always make sure to tell especially first time individuals that are stepping on stage if you have a partner talk to your partner and let them know hey as i start to get leaner you may notice me getting grumpier you may notice that i'm gonna i'm gonna try to work to make this work but you may notice that i may get a little bit distant um i may not be as you know like uh, you know like touchy feely or whatever all those things are going to happen for some people they don't for me, they did. For a lot of people, I know they did. Um, but you got to let them know because a lot of relationships have been ruined because of someone stepping onto a bodybuilding stage. Mm. And that's the last thing you want to get right. ruined because you, you want to get on stage and get shredded, right? So if your partner goes into this understanding what you're about to do and understanding the things that are about to happen to you, then when it happens, they know it's not because you hate them or because <laughs> you don't like them. It's because of what you're physically going through with your hormones and all of that stuff. Um, and the body image stuff is huge, man. Like when we had when we had Nick right here, uh, you know, it was really well, not actually the body image stuff, the food stuff. Um, when he mentioned the bulimia thing and the binging and all that and yeah. the binging, I was like, dang, I had that deep of a problem mm -hmm. because I, I like I, I did that same thing. Yeah. I would 
there'd be times in my prep where I maybe I'd binge or even post prep, man. This is like, okay, post prep, I've gained a little bit of body fat. I feel okay. There have been times post prep where I ate a lot of food just like because I just felt like I needed to eat a lot of food. That felt kind of guilty about it. I'm like, <laughs> shit. And then I went, I did some cardio and a really, really hard workout. And I was like, okay, I'm just not going to let this happen that often. But that is bulimia, man. Mm. Like that's a form of bulimia. That's right. not good. So, and, and that wasn't happening prior to all of these shows and stuff. I was just concentrating on getting big, make, being fit, but it, 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 it can get to you. And then also like the way I saw my body, you know, after getting that lean 225 or two, yeah, 225 to 229 single digit body fat, right? Shredded. Then having to put body fat back on because you need to put body fat on to be healthy and thinking that myself when I was like 255 or whatever, I still had visible abs, but thinking I'm kind of fat. That's (laughs) ridiculous. Yeah, You're fat in comparison. In comparison, yeah. To what you were on stage, you're fat. Exactly. That's in your head. Like it's just, it's there. And and a lot of it's probably also just hydration too. Just, it's just, it's water weight. You're eating more food. Um, everything's just kind of holding on. You also have a rebound, right? So, mm-hmm. like, you're going to weigh, you know, someone that is, uh, let's say someone that's 200 pounds. If you're going to do a bodybuilding show, it's it's highly possible that you're going to be, like, 170 and maybe even, I don't know. like could maybe even lighter. Yeah, it could be even lighter. Yeah. And, and that's going to make you look the best and not only make you look the best, but make you look the biggest. Mm-hmm. So even if your arm size comes down considerably, just because it's more defined, you're going to look awesome you know think about some of the leanest guys and and girls that you see like on instagram and stuff sometimes they look uh, brooke ends comes to mind brooke ends is not a big person yeah she's not she's not heavy she's not a heavy person she's not small she's not tiny framed or anything either but she's fucking jacked Mm -hmm. and when you see her on instagram see her doing a rope climb everyone's like steroids (laughs) but then you have her here and and she's next to us and she's training with us and she's an amazing athlete and so people could still you know say whatever they want they could still judge it whatever way they want but like you look at her you're like she's not really rich froning same way Mm -hmm. rich froning in a crossfit workout after he's done some burpees and push-ups and stuff he looks like a mr olympia competitor he doesn't normally look like that. Now he's got he's got a pump going and he's super lean. And so you're gonna think uh you're gonna think that some of these athletes are, are on stuff. And maybe some of them are, but the point is is that you're gonna look the best being the absolute leanest that you can be. That means you have to pull off a lot of body fat. And when you pull off a lot of body fat, the only thing to happen after that is to put body fat back on. Yeah. Like your body is just gonna you're not gonna even even yourself, who's leaner than your average person by a long shot. Uh, your body fat percentage is probably um, you know fifty or seventy percent better than your average American, right? Like it's 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 way in the other direction. You're single digit, and a lot of people are fifteen or twenty percent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so for those people, you know, if they had a shift or they lost some weight and they felt better. Uh, Maybe, you know, in a, in a T-shirt versus, uh, you know, feeling better in a big puffy like hoodie or whatever, like yeah. to cover up whatever they got going on. They're not going to notice as much when they fluctuate a little bit in body weight, whereas someone that gets way down, you're going to be so critical of just a five pound swing one one way. Yeah. A- and even to sometimes you could lose a bunch of weight and get shredded and be like, man, I'm small. 
And then now you got another, you know, yeah. you're like, man, I lost too much muscle. Like I don't look good for this. I've had a lot of friends that have competed. And, and even for myself, when I competed, I, I always felt, I felt like I had enough calories in there. So like, I didn't even, you know, Hani Rambad who helped me, my calories didn't even like really just, they didn't keep diving down the whole time. Mm-hmm. He got me to a certain level and then he had me do like a little extra cardio. So there's a little bit more output, but I was still eating like 3,500 calories. Sheesh. You know, I was, you know, maybe on a lower day, maybe 3,000 or so, but like it was still pretty high. Yeah. And I still felt all the same things that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is the amount of time it takes. Bodybuilding takes a lot of time. Now, maybe if you're a seasoned bodybuilder, maybe you can figure out ways for it to take less time. But like I never posed before. So there's a lot of posing that had to go on. You don't have to worry about this, but I had to worry about tanning. <laughs> yeah. It makes a difference, too, if you have a little bit of a base. Like, you need a, a base. You know, you can't just go and put the tanning stuff on. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't, that, that helps, but you need to actually have a base with your tan. So, posing, tanning, that takes a lot of, that can take a lot of time. Uh, in addition to that, you have your actual training, your actual lifting sessions. It's not uncommon for bodybuilders to, to do double days. Um, sometimes it's cardio and lifting and sometimes it's uh, doubled up on the lifting. So we're talking about, you know, it's, it's probably 10 hours a week that you're in the gym, you know, maybe, maybe more, maybe 12, you got two hours, five, six days a week. Right. So it's like, man, a lot of time's going into this. And so that's, I think why you get short with your significant other, because you're like, I, I don't have, like, I can't fit you in. You're not, you don't fit into the time. Like I got to eat. And then, you know, you, you put your food away and then it's like two hours later, you got to eat again. And it's like, man, it's just a never, oh, I forgot about the, the food prep, how yeah. much time that takes. Yep. That takes as much time as the gym probably and all the eating. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's an endless cycle, man. There's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. yeah. There's a would, you No, I was going to say, would you guys say that that's like all part of it? Like, um, you know, being short with your significant other, like. There's been times where like I want to get to bed to to go train the next day, but I'm like, dude, I I can't be a jerk right now. Like I can't just look at you know my girl's side of the family and be like, I gotta go because I gotta go train in the morning. Mm. Like, like how hard is that? That like you know like in comparison to like everything else, like you kind of almost letting go of like who you are, right? To become this other (laughs) mutant or entity, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Personally, when when I was going through that, um. I had to like from after my very first prep, like the few years before I was like, okay, going into this one, I have to work to make things work well. So like in the second prep, when I got that lean again and leaner, I had to be, I had to be cognizant and be like, okay, I may feel this way right now, but I literally cannot act the way I feel. Mm. I, I can't like you, you have to, you have to be like, because you have to put like, even though everything like first off, everything you're doing currently is putting yourself first in terms of your meals, your your training, your your sleep, all of that. You're putting yourself first. But that there has to be a time where, okay, I gotta help this person out too, because they're having to deal with my shitty ass. <laughs> right. So I, I need to try and make it a little bit easy on them. So I don't think that that has to be a part of it if you you're cognizant of it in the beginning. Like, you know where you're headed. You know where your mind might be heading. You know where every, like, how bad you may be feeling. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, it's going to take work for me to be the same person I am now when I'm heavier, when I'm much leaner. So it's but just like preparing even more. You got to prepare for it. Yeah. And like, yeah, like, I don't think it has to be a part of it, 
But if you don't know what's about to happen, right, and you just get there, then you won't even be thinking about it. You'll just be pissed. And then one day you're like, why am I pissed? Like, oh, shit, I've been doing all this to my my, my girlfriend or boyfriend. God, that sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, And, and we've seen, you know, this kind of stuff happen time and time again, too, when somebody gets into something new and they start having a hobby that's that's different than like uh, bodybuilding is like very specific. Like mm-hmm. going to the gym is like one thing. Right. But then entering into bodybuilding is different. So for a woman that starts to enter figure or fitness, um, who usually helps those people? A lot of times it's guys. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then, you know, who do we have? Who do we have admiration for? We have admiration for um, people that do things that that we want to excel in. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you'll see a leap. You know, you'll see somebody will, will go, you know, start going with another person because they, they entered this whole new thing. And, they, and as Andrew's pointing out, they end up kind of changing. Like it's kind of common sense that if you uh, bodybuild, that maybe there would be a possibility that you would like somebody that is into like bodybuilding or into fitness more is in, you know, somebody that's uh, leaner or shares some of the same, you know, they, they're walking around with Tupperware, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that might be an attraction to you. So you do have to be really paying attention to what you're doing. And I, you know, I haven't been around bodybuilding a lot, so I don't know, you know, exactly what happens to bodybuilding, but I have been to a lot of our trade shows and stuff. And you see, you know, uh, these people that had, it's it's kind of sad to see, but you see people who've had kind of um, uh, somebody that they've been in a relationship with somebody outside the fitness industry. And then the next time you see them at a show, they're with somebody that's in the fitness industry. Mm. And you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, you're kind of like, and look, man, that happens everywhere. It happens with police officers, firemen, anyone that gets caught up in their job and anyone that starts to hang around other people for long periods. Sometimes that shit just happens, but it's all stuff to just pay attention to. It's all stuff to just know because what a shitty way for a relationship to end just because you wanted to, you know, roll the dice and see how lean you could get. Mm-hmm. And now, now you're kind of like all of a sudden attracted to somebody else or so, you know, it can, it can lead you down a weird path. And so I think in Seema's point, I think is uh, just hitting the nail on the head. Like just be aware of like what's going on. Just be aware of your mind, your mindset, how you're going to feel going through it. And some people are listening to this right now and they're probably like, well, just don't deprive yourself so much. And th- but there's bodybuilding uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's does not as logical as we would like as we'd like it to be. It's a uh, competitive starvation. It's yeah, it really is. And I think there's been bodybuilders who've said um, it's a competition on who can like eat the less, eat the least, you know. Who can really, and then also punish the crap out of yourself uh, in the gym. And yeah, there's guys that grow into the show and there's kind of the mass monsters and there's kind of the Jay Cutlers and stuff. But like um, those guys have been doing it for so long. They're super confident. They know exactly what they need to get to that next level. And that's kind of just, it's just a different level. But man, Jay Cutler came on our show and he said his greatest, like a lot of the times when we have people on the show and we say, hey, have you had any regrets on anything? People almost always say, no, not really. I made this mistake, that mistake. And it's usually pretty minor. And he's like, I lost like the love of my life. Like the, per- I, I lost my soulmate and that was a mistake. And it's like, do you say it was because of yeah. competing? Yeah. 
shoot yeah i thought that was great like i i fucked i thought like wow like good on him to just be so honest you know and he's he's in a good healthy relationship now and things are all good for him which is which is awesome but man like you that kind of that's the kind of stuff that can happen now let's kind of flip this around because we're talking a lot of negative oh i want to mention one more thing real quick what the one other thing i would just want people to think about too and understand is that like um the effects that like the post competition can have on you so we know that like getting lean your hormones are affected drastically test goes down cortisol goes up a lot of things are affected drastically it's not a great place to be so afterwards like for me it took me like six months to start feeling normal again for like my sex drive to come back for, for my intensity in terms of the gym to come back for like all of that to come back and be normal. So it it can take a while to get your hormones back in place. And for women, especially too, um, women that compete, like, like it's, it's, it's common that they'll either get oligoria or amenorrhea, which is like, um, inconsistent periods or no period at all when they get that lean. And then they're like, when you come out of it, it's not just going to come back and be normal immediately. It could, could like there's some woman who's it's taken, I think 72 weeks for it to come back wow. and be consistent. And then there's also things to remember, like it's probably not the best time. if you're thinking of trying to have a kid, mm. you know what I mean? You'll have to think about yes. that too. Like, yeah. cause if you want to have a, a child successfully, then you have to think about, okay, I'm not going to do that during my prep, but after my prep, I need to give my body a period of time to get healthy. So I can potentially, you know, think about that. And so, the only way to have a child successfully is through the butt. <laughs> through the butt you got to go through the back so just maybe some women don't, don't know that but it's just i'm not a doctor that's how it's done we're just, yeah. just we're just <laughs> here to educate yeah. i have that's two what? kids so i've you know <laughs> must, <laughs> i must have figured <laughs> Andy. <laughs> yeah and she already she already hates me <laughs> Oh man, we were in the break room. So, uh, an employee here. We were talking about video games, of course. And then he's like, "But I, you know, I got my fiance to to play, you know, games with me." It's like, "Oh, well, that that only works a little bit." And he's like, "Yeah, my fiance already thinks I'm an asshole." And we just all start laughing. And she she goes, "You can't bench your way out of this argument." It's like, "Oh my god." That just that just reminded me of all that when you said that she hated you. He's like, oh, my fiance thinks I'm such an asshole because all they do is talk about my bench. She uh, she's learned to ignore me pretty good, you know. Really? Yeah. She just. What's funny is like she used to like pretend to like be into like my jokes and stuff. Oh. You know when we were first like dating, and then now she I can't get her to laugh at anything. <laughs> And, oh uh, you know, she like pretended to like wrestling and all of a sudden, you know, oh. it's all just a farce, man. Now, now I'm in for it. She yeah. got you. Yeah. She got you. <laughs> She's yep. like, oh, I love Stone Cold. I love The Undertaker. This is great. And then, yeah, just hooked her talons into me and now I'm screwed. <laughs> Here we are fucking 20 years later. Yeah. The same woman over and over and over <laughs> every day. Oh, my God. Oh, hey. I just want to, I just want to put her in a wood chipper. I mean, it's not really, <laughs> you know, it's. Anyway, she doesn't listen to this anyway, so it doesn't no, matter. no, yeah, that's even that's the even funny part. So yeah. yeah, I got I have no street cred at home, none, <laughs> none. I go places and people are like, oh my god, it's Mark Bell, and people get all excited and they want to take a picture. I get no love. Mm-hmm. I remember we filmed Quinn it. is worse. Oh, Quinn is even yeah. meaner. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I remember we filmed a hustle mania, and I think the title was "My Wife Doesn't Watch My Videos." <laughs> And it was funny because like, uh, what? Ha- oh, we had like, okay, do the sign off, Andy. And she's like, uh, oh yeah, she had no idea what any of it was. And he's yeah. like, strength. She's like, strength is. 
And then, like, she said something way off. And it, was, it was so funny. Strength though. is the plan. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the strength is Came up within with her you. Yeah. Came up with her, her own uh, own saying. Oh, man. But as I was doing uh, the bodybuilding show and as I got, you know, I, I had a pretty short uh, prep for it. I was probably, you know, and Andy is amazing because, like, we went to Malibu. We had this vacation plan. We were going to be there for a month. We were going to invite some friends and family and have a good time, enjoy some food, enjoy some drinks. And um, we we had this kind of planned out. And then because uh, I'm a monster, <laughs> I, t- I turned it into like all business and lifting. Like I turned everything into business and lifting. And it was like we podcasted from there um, with uh, like, you know, Mike O'Hearn and Thomas DeLauer yeah. and Stan Efferding. And like I had a new person over like every day. And then I was just like uh, bodybuilding in the morning with uh, O'Hearn, mm-hmm. you know, going to the gym at four, but not coming back until like nine because I would go to the gym and train. And then, you know, Venice is kind of set up nice where you can actually have good, healthy meals uh, kind of close by to the gym and stuff. So I'd walk there and then I'd like Uber back. And she was just like, she never saw me, you know, and yeah. she's like, this is the worst vacation ever. It's like 30 days of it, you know. 30 days, you know, when you look at it, like doesn't really seem, and I couldn't really, I wasn't very like portable. Like I couldn't really go anywhere without a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. Like we needed to bring like a meal, like we needed to have a prepped meal. Like, <laughs> I love that you said you're not portable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, amazing. not portable, not pliable, not flexible on anything. I can't, I can't audible to anything else. You know, the restaurants that you go to, you know, thankfully we're in Los Angeles. So like Los Angeles, um, is is a city where you can kind of get whatever you want. It's one yeah. of the biggest cities in the world. And so you can tell them, you know, if they're going to cook uh, some fish for you, you can tell them, you know, no oil. And they, they really pay attention because there's a lot of health health conscious people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think here in Sacramento, they're like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, yeah there's going to be no oil on it, dude. And then you get a whole plate full of oil. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, luckily in, uh, in L.A., it's a, a little bit more that way but even just like going to a movie or we wanted to go to the santa monica pier i want to walk around with the kids and like i could kind of do that stuff and i i did i did my best but mm-hmm. i'm just not there like yeah. i'm just mentally just and again i wasn't super calorically deprived so it's not like i'm an asshole 24 7 but i'm just thinking about other stuff i got this goal um people seen me on youtube forever they seen me power lift no one's ever seen me bodybuild before so mm-hmm. My goal with the bodybuilding show was for people to go, oh, okay, he's doing bodybuilding. Kind of seems like a little bit of like a stunt. Seems like a YouTube thing. And then as they saw the weeks go by, I wanted them to kind of eat their words and be like, oh, like he's, okay, he's actually going to do a bodybuilding show. Like that's yeah. fucking cool. And that was the goal. And hopefully that was the the result of it. But I just wanted to kind of take it as far as I could. Mm-hmm. And because of that, man, yeah, you get your mind in some compromising positions, man. Yeah. It gets to be weird. Yeah. No, you like the thing is that like even Alberto Nunez mentioned, like you, you brought it in that show. Like you had glutes, you, you had hamstrings. High, Alberto like you, Nunez. No one gets leaner than that guy. No, nobody does get as lean as he does. He's an absolute freak. Alberto Nunez gave me an amazing compliment. He said, uh, nobody goes over the middle harder than Mark Smelly Bell. He's like Jerry Rice or something. He said like that. And I was like, damn, I'm like. Oh shit! I'm like you're comparing me to Jerry Rice. I'm he's like, a big football fan. Yeah, I'm like I don't I don't deserve to be compared to Jerry Rice, but I'll take it, man. I'll take it. Yeah, but um, would you guys say that the uh, like like bodybuilding culture that's the first thing that everyone gets exposed to though? 
you know when i started lifting i think yeah it wasn't necessarily bodybuilding culture it's just i had a gym but like the first like i think real like fitness culture i was influenced by was bodybuilding culture like yeah it for me it was yeah pumping iron right that's like what everyone said well at least in my age like they say Mm -hmm. like that's the thing that like that's when i decided i was gonna you know start hitting the gym and getting jacked well we we know some athletes you know in powerlifting that 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 have some thickness to them you know Mm -hmm. that they 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 have a look it's very clear that they it's very clear that they train um but it's not an it's not an aesthetic look that automatically jumps out at you as like i want to be built like that guy you know it's um you know this is like about like beauty and aesthetics and <laughs> and things that uh very clearly look kind of nice to people like even a little kid uh could like if somebody's real muscular mm-hmm. even like a little kid is kind of like oh that's different like they they recognize something's up mm-hmm. and even our superheroes like why are our superheroes all like why aren't our superheroes all fat or even when they make these action figures they're all jacked right and it's because that is so I don't know, you know, where or why, but it's it's somewhere in the human DNA that that is uh, more appealing. Yeah, that's like a look that people are going for, and so I think like striving towards it and knowing what it takes to get there uh, can actually be a very healthy thing too. It can, like, it, if it can you be can, a great thing. Yeah, if you can go through that fire and come out on the other side. I I took I have taken a lot from those bodybuilding shows and those preps. It's made a like made a big positive difference and give me a lot of good experience, you know, but looking at it now, you know, thinking about it, I don't like, I don't have a fire to step back on stage, you know, right. I, I just don't feel like I need to do that. Um, and l- l- I wonder, let me ask you this, you know how people like, can, do you think you can be a bodybuilder without stepping on stage? Personally, I do think so. I'll explain that later, but do you think so? I had the same question. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, it's um it can be difficult but i here here's what i'd say about it i i would say that it'd be very hard um if you haven't been around other bodybuilders and you really don't have much bodybuilding experience mm. that if you never stepped on a stage or never put yourself through that and maybe the only way to put yourself through that much tension is to actually maybe do a bodybuilding show mm. or maybe to at least train or be around somebody that did some of that uh, because I don't think you'd really understand like it's, you know, this is this is not something that could you, you can't do it 70 percent for 10 years. You know, um, now 70 percent for 10 years, you will make progress, but you're you're you need to at some point buckle down and, and turn that percentage into you, you got to be like 90, yeah. 95. You know, and it's hard for anybody to be like 100. Right. But. It, you really have to really concentrate and really buckle down. So without like a photo shoot, without a bodybuilding uh, show, without something, you know, a transformation challenge, mm-hmm. without something, you know, someone really throwing down the gauntlet and saying, hey, man, like you, this is what you got to do. Um, I think it would be hard. But having said that, if you have done a bodybuilding show, yes, I think that you can kind of forever use that information and use that to kind of lean back on. And so for me, uh, people ask me all the time if I'm going to compete again. And I, you know, at first I was kind of like, Oh, I don't think I'll compete ever again. And now I'm more like, well, you know, maybe I'll just, 
you know, maybe at like 45, like if things start to go a little sideways with me, maybe yeah. I'll, I'll re-up it. Maybe 45 and maybe 50, you know, maybe I'll try to do it a couple times to reinstall that kind of software into my body again and say, look, this is how hard you went. Like, mm-hmm. remember, remember how this shit felt? Like, this yeah. is how hard you're going, dude. And like, this is going to get you back in shape again. So one thing I loved about the bodybuilding show is that um, I've been in better shape ever since I did it. Yeah. So that's really cool. What I think is cool about you, and a lot of people don't know this, you're a lot leaner and look a lot better than even these, uh, these videos that we were playing here. Oh yeah, I'm leaning. You're quite that, a bit yeah. leaner and I don't think you've this is where people need to get. And this is this is what you can get from not necessarily just bodybuilding, but this is what you can get from going really hard. If you go really hard, you can kind of learn what it would feel like to let off of the gas a little bit, not go so hard, find something that will allow you to cruise at a good comfortable speed for a long period of time where you're able to continue to make progress and then you're like, you know what? This isn't even really that hard. That's where people need to get to. That's like what I'm so excited about when we talk about on this show and what I'm hoping I can get people to is let's start to take some of this crap out of your diet and let's start to put some good effort into our training. And then yes, that part will be hard because it's life altering. Let's work on getting a little bit better sleep. Let's work on these things. But once we install some of this stuff and once you start to implement some of this stuff, it will feel better than doing anything different. Anytime you try to do something different, you want to eat some nachos or burrito or something Mm -hmm. that won't feel good to you and it won't appeal to you because it keeps pulling you away from the goal. And without it being all that difficult and without abstaining from stuff too much and without having uh, depriving yourself of stuff too much. You'll say what I just said, and you'll say, man, like I'm still making progress, but this ain't that bad. Like on a scale of one to 10, it's like a seven in terms of effort or six. Yeah. Over time, the more discipline you have and the stronger that you get, the ease, like how hard is your diet on a scale of one to 10 now? It's not difficult at all. Like literally, I, I it's not difficult for me to maintain at all. Is there one point in a day or one point in the week where you're like, you get a little, maybe you get a little soft in terms of your mindset of like. I'm eating this way. When you say tell me soft you in terms more. of like, just kind of like let, letting it go and saying like, I'm just going to kind of eat whatever I want for today or tonight or whatever. Well, like, yeah, like if, cravings, if not even not really cravings, but it's more so like if I do want to go out to a restaurant with my girlfriend or something, like if we want to go out and eat somewhere. Okay. It's not because I was craving it though. It's just because, Hey, let's, let's go out and eat somewhere. That's it. Let's get some Korean right. barbecue or something. It's right. it's nice. It's different, but it's not because I'm really craving that. I don't get cravings like that nearly as much as I used to. Um, but it's just like like a want for something rather mm-hmm. than a craving yeah. for something. You know, this is this is in my best interest to kick it with my girlfriend and and just to go to this place and enjoy that and enjoy this time together. Yeah, enjoy. Yeah, enjoy some different food with her. <laughs> That like isn't on the diet, but <laughs> right. what I was going to say was like, I like when, what you said about that, I never really even thought about this, the lengths at to which I went and that lengths to which you went with bodybuilding and the diet and like the deprivation, everything that we're doing right now in terms of fasting and all this stuff pales in comparison in terms of difficulty and in terms of way, it, like the way it feels mm. versus that. So like 
even though I'm not always comparing it to that, maybe it's because I've done that, that maybe this type of lifestyle is so easy. That's not, I'm not saying that you need to do that. Yeah. But the way that you eat would be very difficult for someone else to implement if they've never really tried a diet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, okay, you're going to fast 20 hours a day, you know, and you're going to do that six days a week. I've actually shortened my fasting window just a bit on most days. Now it's like 16 because, um, Uh, see, yeah, no, Andrew, how many fucking times this happened to us on this show? Just breaks all my of a sudden, heart over tr- and over. I know. All of a sudden, the truth gets released. Remember, we thought it was natural. Mm-hmm. Then you mentioned what? <laughs> vitamin C. Creatine. Creatine monohydrate. Fish oil. I mean, oh, yeah. and he just... He just throws it at us like that, and he just then he just continues on where it's like sentence. No, it makes it so easier. Disappointing. Dude, it you and easier. Jose Canseco. <laughs> Who's Jose Canseco? Though? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I know I should know this because that, that name's familiar, but... He, he hit a lot athlete? of home runs. He hit a lot of home runs. Oh, he's the he's a, one of those like yeah, yeah. Mark McGuire kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the the blue ball. Mark baseball. McGuire is uh, baseball. <laughs> I'm joking, Smokey. Mark McGuire is a good comparison because they were teammates. <laughs> yeah, he's the first 40 40 man, 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases, juiced out of his mind. He's the one to let the cat out of the bag on yeah. everybody. When I was a kid, my first baseball bat was like a McGuire baseball bat. When I first started playing baseball, because Mark mm. McGuire was the guy mm-hmm. to me. So now all this he's is my influence you had anyway. a ball baseball baseball bat <laughs> dude everyone would like you know how we talked about mike tyson like everybody was like so amped up and anticipated like you just when jose canseco went up everybody held their breath because you're like oh my god he's gonna hit like he's gonna hit the ball from oakland all the way to sacramento like that's what you expect he was jacked and he would like you know wiggle the, the bat around and like his forearms would go all crazy and like just his, him and his stance is like ham- yeah. you can see his hamstrings like through his pants and shit he's all jack jack like a monster freak. so wait wait okay since i like i recognize his name but i pull don't him up, know him, him as oh, well as wait. mark mcguire why wasn't he as like was he as famous as mark mcguire uh, or not really he was he was actually a little bit before Mark McGuire. Mark oh, McGuire got okay. really famous because he got in that home run battle with uh, Sammy Sosa. Okay. And they kept going back and forth and back and forth. And that was a huge thing. And then that was like just a that was like that steroid era, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then Bonds came along and smashed uh, everybody's records. But let me explain this 20 hour thing, though. Okay. <laughs> so I brought it. I brought it to eight because I want to like eat my last meal a little bit like a few hours. before. Oh, I go that's to right. Bed. You're saying, yeah, you wanted to. Yeah, I don't have wanna... some space between your last meal and, and sleep. sleep. Yeah. So How's that's that the feeling? It feels great. Like I, I feel so much better when I'm going to sleep and when I'm waking up. I think it's actually made a, a considerable difference. Do you track your you like? Do you have any wearables that can track your like heart rate and stuff like that? I do. I have the the Apple Watch does, but I've stopped wearing it when I sleep. Like I've, I haven't worn it when I sleep for so a few months. So it's what's supposed to happen is your resting heart rate, which I I could be fucking all this up. I don't know. I don't even know why I'm mentioning, it, but mm-hmm. I think your resting heart rate uh, will be lower. Uh, which I think uh, helps you get better rest and helps you get into deeper sleep. Yeah. Uh, the further away that you eat from your sleep. Mm-hmm. Now that you know, there's so much conflicting evidence. I mean, we heard so many different people say so many different things. Heard a couple people say carbohydrates can help get you to bed. Yeah. And we've heard other people say carbohydrates can kind of wake you up in the middle of the night. Mm. You know, and and sometimes make you hungry. Um, so I guess it really just depends on the person. But for me. And this might be a problem for a lot of people listening to the show. The only time that I want to eat like a shit ton of calories and the only time I want to just kind of, you know, binge or eat unnecessarily, like I'll have eaten dinner mm-hmm. and, you know, it's five o'clock or it's six o'clock and 
I got a fridge full of food, you know, and, and I, all I'm doing is hang with my wife. We're going to maybe watch a TV show. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to do nothing and consume calories for really no reason. I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to like, you know, uh, maybe I'll go for like a walk or something, but I'm not really doing much. So it doesn't really make sense to sit there and just uh, eat all the time. But a lot of times that's what I do yeah. because you just want something to do. You want something to eat. Mm-hmm. And usually it's something healthy, but just because it's something healthy doesn't mean that it's still not a pointless act. You know, I don't think you should be really eating in front of a screen. I don't, I just don't think it's a great idea. I don't think it's a good practice. And I'll still do it, right? So if you have trouble like that, the one of the greatest things that you can do is just have a time that you set, that you agree, not eating past. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it might be the hardest thing that you ever implement, mm-hmm. but it's worth it. It can yeah. make a big difference. You could... You could chop out a lot of unnecessary extra energy that you're eating just to go to bed. <laughs> that's a no. That's honestly a great thing to do, and that's one of I think a really good habit to try and break. Eating out of boredom. I used to eat out of boredom too. Like it, it used to be something like I'm so bored. Yeah, like ah! you're like you're not doing anything. Maybe you're watching something or you're yeah. just chilling. You're like, hmm, that actually sounds kind of good right now. Let me go grab that. You know, you grab something, you grab something else. You just start eating, and it, sooner or later, it just adds up. You have to kind of ask yourself like does it actually amplify the experience? And it's it's easy to say now that it doesn't amplify the experience, right? But it's hard in that moment to like kind of talk yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. But when you go and see a movie, go to the movie theater, and all you drink is water, when you leave the movie theater is when you're going to be the most excited about the decision that you made. Yeah, <laughs> You're going to be like, you know what? I, I didn't really... You're going to feel the entire time, like, I don't like popcorn, so it works out good for me, but a lot of people love popcorn, Mm -hmm. and they love going to the movies and enjoying the popcorn, but for most people, when you start making decisions like that to not not go against what you're trying to do, you will very, very rarely regret it. Now, I do think if it's like, if you have a a once-in-a-lifetime thing going on, like, you get to uh, enjoy a couple drinks or enjoy a meal or something with somebody that maybe you otherwise wouldn't normally get a chance to hang out with or you're in a city or a town and they got this kind of like special thing. That's when I think it's like you don't want to make that a habit, have an excuse every single week. It's the 4th of July. It's, you know, I'm hanging out with Rob Bailey. It's this thing, you know, sorry, the muscle just throwing you under the bus there, buddy. But you're fat and we need to still work on it, right, buddy? We're getting you down there. He's under he's under 300 pounds, so we're making progress. We've got him down about 17 pounds now. Whew. But you don't want to use those excuses every, you know, all the time. But if they're kind of legitimate, where it's like you're at this cool restaurant, they got this cool thing that you never tried before, that might be a time to try it. And maybe a way to be less fat about it is to maybe share it with somebody. Mm-hmm. And yeah, not, not like, again, having control over that and not feeling guilty like of it, like Nick, what, what was Nick Bear's girlfriend's name again? Ariana. Ariana. Uh, right. Nick Wright. Nick Wright. Yeah. 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 Not Nick. Oh yeah. Nick Wright. Not Nick Bear. Okay. Let's get that right. They have the same girlfriend. Um, Yeah. So yeah, no, like Ariana was saying, I think (laughs) pretty good that I didn't even catch that either. (laughs) I think that's a pretty big deal to like, you know, get control over it to a point where like you can go out, you can have these things without actually feeling guilty about it, you know, because feeling guilty about eating something, that's not a good, that's not a good habit or feeling to have either. You know what I mean? So how, like, let's say, let's say you're currently fat, right? Let's say you're, let's say you're, let's say that you are 270. Mm -hmm. You have an extra 30 pounds of fat on you, right? Yeah. And 
you know, I give you a plan and you're following it, but like you want to give in to something, how would you maybe not, how would you, how would you approach that? How would you maybe like, uh, do something outside the diet? Maybe you feel like binging. Maybe you feel like you, you just, you have this urge, you have something that you just want to eat. Yeah. Would you just go, would you just say, okay, look, uh, I'm going to make a deal with myself. I'm just going to go enjoy this. Mm -hmm. But then for the next, you know, four or five days, I need to get back on and and be consistent again. This is where the tools in the toolbox comes in. Because like, for example, like if it's at that point for me, I would fast for most of the day. And then it's like, let's say I wanted to get Korean barbecue or something. I'd go and enjoy that meal because Korean barbecue, it's going to be difficult for me to get in 5,000 calories in that single meal, right? Especially if I fasted all day. So I could still enjoy that. I could still probably not have, you know, ate an insane amount where it's really going to affect me negatively. Go next day, go back, get on what I want to do. Um, but that, that's why it's good to have that type of tool because even nowadays I'll, I'll do that. Like I'll fast for most of my day and then I'll go have a big meal, but that big meal isn't any just massive surplus and it's one meal. You know, it's different than, okay, you're eating, you're going through your day, you're on your plan. Then you, you like, you just, you choose to like binge or whatever. And then that just messes everything up because now you're eating all this massive amount of food in a what, 12, 14 hour period. So that's just something you can utilize because like there are going to be times where you need to kind of, you need to have a a fun meal that's not on your diet plan or that's not on your, your, whatever you're setting up and that'll just help you feel better. But if you can do, you can still do that. And still make progress. Let's maybe even just not even look at it. And again, you don't want to like use this as like a crutch or use this as a thing that allows you to cheat all the time. But let's just view it as a surplus of energy. Mm. And then let's figure out what to do with that energy. So what you're saying is like for you, your remedy is to maybe just not eat as much for the entire day, right? Um, let's say that for the, the latter half of the day, you just went haywire and you ate, you ate a lot, right? Yeah. So I think this is where people can really get themselves in a compromising spot because, you know, it's Saturday and they kind of binged and now they're kind of upset with themselves. They really went off the deep end, ate some pizza, they had some cookie dough and they finished the night off with a thing of Ben and Jerry's, you know, and they, they kind of just really messed up. Maybe had some drinks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now it's Sunday morning. For me, when I do something like that, I kind of struggle the next day. So what I would suggest in this kind of scenario is probably the best thing to do would be to see if you could fast on Sunday, but it would be, it might be hard. You might be struggling. You might be thinking about like pancakes because you just had all that sugar. Yeah. You know, sugar gets sugar. Like the more sugar that you have, it's a cycle. Uh-huh. And uh, it doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter your mindset. It doesn't matter. You could have the best intentions. Yeah. That is a circle that's going to happen in your body and your body's going to be like, Hey, like we're getting a dip. You know, we're dipping back down. Our blood glucose levels are like, you know, low or normal-ish again. And you should like refill on that shit again. And so you'll get that urge again. And so there's a bunch of things you can do to combat it, but you shouldn't necessarily go to the gym and be like, I'm going to hammer the fuck out of myself to get rid of all this energy, that this extra calories that I have. Mm -hmm. Then the reason for that is, is that overtraining can cause overeating. Yeah. Uh, undersleeping can cause overeating. Uh, a night of drinking can throw off your sleep, right? So it's like, let's kind of start to think about some of this stuff. So you might want to think about that cheat day or that cheat meal or that cheat weekend that started to kind of unfold. Cause you're like, mm-hmm. I'll start on Monday. 
uh, you might want to start to try to put some logical thought around how are you going to mitigate that the best that you possibly can. And maybe a good answer would be the, the I'm going to kind of prep going into it because I know it's my girlfriend, my wife's birthday. Uh, it's so-and-so's birthday party. And I know that I'm going to eat like an asshole that day. And you can kind of plan accordingly kind of going into it. And then maybe you can plan accordingly coming back out of it. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of planning and it sounds like being like super neurotic. Mm -hmm. But I think that if you're heavy and you struggled with your diet before, I think you have to think about it this that much. You don't have to be depressed about it. You don't have to be sad about it. You don't have to be mad about it because you're one way, you're one meal away from being back on your plan. Mm -hmm. And so what I would suggest, let's say you had that weekend and you went a little nutty. Monday morning comes. Don't bother with trying to fast. Um, don't bother with, you know, trying fasted cardio. Don't bother with any of that stuff. Have a full day of eating, but eat nutritious foods that are actually on the plan and eat as much as you'd like. Yeah. Tuesday, you can get your shit back together. You can get stuff back under control. But if you try to always fast your way in and fast your way out of things, you, you could end up going haywire two or three days later again. So really track your behavior. So if, if you start trying to do intermittent fasting and you fast for three days and you do, uh, you know, an 18 hour fast on each day, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Okay. You fasted Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Now what we need to look at is what is your behavior going to look like on Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Because I am going to guess and I'm going to assume if you had trouble with your diet before, like I have, that you're going to fuck up Mm. and you're going to you're you're automatically going to go back to eating whatever amount of calories were left on the table guaranteed. And that's why you weigh the same as you did this time last year. And that's why you get on the scale and you see the same fucking weight every time, because your body is going to say dude, you weigh 240 pounds, don't forget. Hey, you weigh 240. Hey, you didn't eat today. Hey, you didn't eat. It's over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then you have to figure out, even if you fasted, how do I consume less overall energy than I normally do? And it's really, really hard for people because it has a fucking stranglehold on you. So you have to figure out a way eventually to eat less food. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, that that's I like what you mentioned there, because like, you know, let's say it's not just a day or it's not just a meal, but it ends up being a whole weekend. Uh, a, a tactic that some people use, it's it's called the borrowing principle. But the thing about the borrowing principle is that it's a very easy thing to fall into and just be like, oh, I can do that. And this is what it is. You probably already know what I'm going to mention. Let's say you are you do eat in a massive surplus for three days. Well, OK, you ate in a massive surplus for three days. The next few days, maybe four days, you eat much less than you typically do. And what will happen is if you're someone who tracks it, you could track it so that your weekly intake still averages out to be the same. Let's give an example. Let's try to use easy math here. 200 grams of carbs for seven days. If you're someone who eats 200 grams of carbs every single week, that's 1,400 grams of carbohydrates. Or you could eat 100 grams of carbs for five days and then eat the remaining 900 grams of carbs, so 450 grams of carbohydrates for the two days. That's still 1,400, right? So you still ate the same amount of food. That could be the, that, and that's what I'm talking about here. So some people do utilize that. 
But the thing is, some people like they use that in a bad way where they're like, OK, I can fall off and I can I can eat some shit for the next two days because all I have to do is just eat, you know, eat a you know small amount of food. And that can be done in a smart way. But especially if you're new to dieting. You don't want to do that too often because it, it applies to a too big of a crutch. Mm. And I do like what you mentioned that you like, okay, if you do mess up for the weekend or whatever, just be normal. Try and get back to a normal for the next few days because I think that that's a much healthier way to do it where it doesn't cause like disorder type eating where, oh God, okay, I'm going to starve myself for these next few days. But then once you're, you now you're feeling super hungry. So you go right back and you eat a lot again. Then you feel guilty and you starve yourself for the next few do days. Do a little bit of the opposite of what you would think, you know, and, and, yeah. and think about the foods that you enjoy that are healthy. Mm-hmm. Like let's, let's say you really love oranges. Yeah. Let's say you really, you enjoy certain vegetables. Let's say you enjoy certain meats, like, or you enjoy like cheese or whatever, whatever the thing is that has, uh, that provides some value to mm-hmm. your, the nutrients that you need in a given day. Go ahead and like eat up on that a little bit. Yeah. Maybe eat maybe eat a little bit more. Maybe like uh, I like heavy cream, you know? So it's like heavy cream is giving me a surplus of energy. Heavy cream tastes good. I might put it in like a protein shake. And it's like that is sending a signal to my brain that we're in like not treating ourselves like shit. I'm not depriving myself of a bunch of stuff because there's so much damn flavor to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm still delivering something kind of fun for myself or even like the snack that I have at night, which is yogurt and slingshot protein. I'm still giving myself like a quote unquote treat. It still feels good. And when I want to tighten shit back up, I'll start to cut those things back out again. The uh, borrowing method sounds like you're taking out a personal loan. It, it, like, it pretty much is kind of like that. But the thing is, is that can be done in a super healthy way. You know what I mean? It's not like I like I do that every now and then too, but it, it doesn't, it's not something that like I'm like, I have a craving, so I have to do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I want to have this meal with this person or whatever. So I'm going to, you know, fast and eat this much. And then I'll just, you know, eat a little bit less the next day. Yeah, it's not that, would, that big of a deal. It doesn't cause any mental stress, but I it's just, when it starts to cause stress, that's an issue. Yeah. I just feel like it, it would take a lot of discipline because, you know, like the, uh, the, um, uh, comparison to a personal loan, it's like, you promise you're going to pay it, you know, pay more than you're supposed to. You promise you pay it on time. And then you look yeah. back and it's like, oh shit, I went and took out more like my bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it Cal- might just be just tactics. It's tools, man. Calories on credit. Calories on credit. Yeah, it might just be a little easier, you know, just to you know figure out a way. Like I like what he said. It's just a hundred carbs versus two hundred carbs is not not a crazy difference, you know. So it's like maybe you pulled out some rice out of a out of out of a meal each day. And then now you have that built up for the weekend. You could also, and this is kind of falls into the definition of bulimia in some way is you can go eye for an eye a little bit with some of it. Sometimes I think it, I think it can be okay. Let's say the weekend, uh, you like to train outside. You like to do conditioning, you like to do stuff that maybe cost you more, uh, than your average stuff. And so maybe for that reason, maybe, uh, Saturday and Sunday night, you allow yourself to kind of eat, eat something that you really want, something that yeah. you've been craving, you know. But again, it's like it depends on how you want to look. How lean do you want to get? You yeah. know, how far do you want to take it? Because the more that you're going to mess up on Saturday, Sunday, the more that you'd have to put in to the week. Mm-hmm. And then that might cause you again to go haywire. It might cause you again to like kind of go really off plan. But I also think that I know we call it a cheat and we have fun with it and we laugh about it and stuff, but like even thinking of thinking of it about thinking about it 
as cheating is probably pretty negative. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, it's probably, I mean, I, I hear people now, they'll say, you know, for my cheat, I had a Quest pizza. Or yeah. for my cheat, I had, um, and it's usually like, a lot of times it's pretty minor. You're like, mm-hmm. wow, that was your, John Romano yesterday, he said, uh, my cheat is sushi. He's like, I go, you know, on, on Friday night, I go with my wife to sushi. And he's like, I probably eat like a cup and a half uh, or two cups of rice in that one meal. And like, that's my cheat. And he's he said he was having like rolls and stuff too. So there's a lot of fat calories kind of in there. So it's a giant surplus of calories. But I, but I liked what he said there. It was like his cheat is like uh, pretty pretty damn tame. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty moderate. But there's really probably no reason to look at it as a cheat. You can maybe just have a little bit different dialogue for it and just say, I'm just going to eat more on that day. That's the thing. Like I've, we've, we've beat this, this, this idea down, but I really think we need to figure out something else to call that because whenever I have these meals out, I don't think of, it's not cheating at all. Like it's nothing close to cheating. It's not negative. It's really, really good for me. And it's not, it's not a bad thing at all, but I feel like, you know, especially when someone's new to this whole like weight loss thing or fat loss, right? And they're on their journey. If they continue to look at it as a cheat and they really feel like they're cheating, that's bad. That's a really bad thing for them to to feel. I mean, think about like, just think about other things that you might like kind of starve yourself away from or fast yourself away from. Let's say, let's say you just fasted away from um, interacting with people for a few days. Let's say you just wanted to like, I don't know, like just unplug, right? And then, like, would you consider it a cheat to go and, like, get in conversation with somebody? Like, probably not, really, nope. right? It's it's because your mind is sometimes recognizing, like, okay, isolation can be a great thing. But for how long? Like, people can't be isolated for very long. You can't really do that for very long. Most people can't. Yeah. Um, it's it's the, the the biggest form of of punishment. The greatest form of punishment is to put people in a cell by themselves with no one else and with no sun and no, no, no interaction, anything else. Like that's the worst thing that we do that we could do to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. That's somebody that murdered somebody, raped somebody or whatever. Some crazy shit happened. Right. And that's what they do. They put them in solitary confinement and they're completely by themselves. And we can recognize that isolation is probably kind of positive for a little bit, but then we also need to be like social. So depriving yourself of any food is probably great depriving yourself of all food might not be a bad idea but to do it all the time like eating is super important yeah uh being excited being excited about eating is actually very important um what tom billu said uh when we had him on our podcast is he said he's trying to figure out like why the french fries work you know why why do they work like they they do they work you you eat them or whatever your food is pizza ice cream whatever it is it actually works. It actually fills in. Like you have this empty thing inside where that you need filled up, and you're like, "I'm gonna eat a donut." And you know how? I mean, I don't know how pumped would we be if we said, "Fuck it, let's go get a box of donuts." Like yeah. we would be happy, we'd be laughing, <laughs> we'd eat the donuts, and we'd probably be hysterical. <laughs> we'd be laughing our asses off, yeah. right? We'd be all excited about it. It actually does a lot of those things for us. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to mix in. You got to mix in all these ingredients. If you want to be successful, you're going to have to mix in the quote unquote bad, the quote unquote cheats, mm-hmm. the sugar, the different things that, that kind of gets you a high that way. And you're going to have to mix in the miserableness of uh, not eating and sometimes being like, ah, I wish I could just 
eat everything that's at this Mexican restaurant, yeah. but I can't. You know, you're going to have to do all of it. Man, no, that's that. What you just mentioned there's really awesome comparison. Because, like, even being too social is sometimes not the greatest thing. Like, then, you, then you're, like, going out all the time. And, yeah, it could, it could be really, really bad. So I really like that comparison. If we could just look at food in the exact same way, right? that's perfect yeah that, that i've never thought about that before but we just need to look at food in that in, in that in that way yeah not eating is actually very healthy mm-hmm. um eating eating even something healthy causes inflammation but does that mean we don't eat every like it doesn't make any sense like we need the nutrition we need yeah. the nutrients um so you really have to think about like and i know we promote fasting a lot but i also want to you know promote the dangers of it it can be it can be kind of a it could be tough. Just pay attention to your behavior uh, several days later because that's actually the most important thing. What you did that day is not that important because one day is not going to really make a big difference. So if mm-hmm. you fasted for 24 hours, that's cool. But if two or three days later you ate everything under the sun, unfortunately you kind of completely s- screwed up that whole point of that fast for that day. Yeah. And so those are just those are all things to be – uh, conscious of and aware of back to the kind of the specifics of like the bodybuilding thing. There's a bunch of things the bodybuilding thing did for me that were super positive. And one was just to show me that there's a next level, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of nice when you work out with somebody and let's say I'm working out with Nseem and I'm like, damn man. Okay. He's fucking, he's bringing it like shit. Okay. This is the way he trains or, or we train with Michael Hearn. We're all hyped mm-hmm. up. Right. And we had a great workout. And you get amped up from that and you realize, okay, someone else is showing you kind of their level, right? And sometimes that happens just because you get in like friendly competition and stuff. But there's nothing cooler than showing yourself that you have another level. You get into training. It took me a little bit to get the feel of it because I didn't even really know how to get a good pump in in all the different muscles. Like I kind of understood how to get like an arm pump, kind of understood how to get a chest pump. But then like the lats and like hamstring, like some parts I never really felt. I didn't really mess around with flexing my hamstrings mm. or specifically flexing my, I never did bodybuilding, never flexed my calf or some of these things. So I had to kind of learn that. But once I learned it and once I, you know, was warmed up for a workout, it was like I was going a lot harder admittedly than I am right now. But it's kind of nice to know that you do have that next level and it's, it's a really, really cool feeling. And then in terms of the nutrition and in terms of just kind of the entire thing that it takes to do bodybuilding, I showed myself another level and that's something that you can be super proud of. And I also think it's, it's good to go through different time periods of your life where you're, yeah, you're pushing in this one thing, you're Mm -hmm. pushing on this one thing, you're pushing on it so hard but it's also probably not realistic to do that all the time. So it's good to know you have another level, you have another place you can go to, but I don't know if it makes sense to like kind of always live in that spot. Yeah. No, like it's, it's funny when I was, uh, when I was getting lean, it's, it's cool when you see different parts of your body that you've never seen that deeply. Like you see lines in your legs that you've never seen before. In your it's encouraging. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and the fact that like you can, you know, just knowing that you can take your physique there, I think it's something that's that's really empowering and really awesome about bodybuilding. Um, one thing, like like you said, though, is that you can't stick there all the time. You know, there are those people that um, compete like multiple shows every single year and they never really have a time where they can bulk or gain new muscle. So 
Like you want to you want to be able to have times where you're in a surplus, where you have some body fat on and you're gaining. And then again, when you want to compete again, you have times where you're getting ready for show. It just has to be a good balance there. And I think like what we're saying with the food, like, you know, it's great to be locked in. It's great to feel really good about your diet. And it's great to have this regimen and routine that you've stuck to for a long time. And it's also okay to like let it go here and there. Mm-hmm. It's okay to just say, you know what, I'm not going to really maybe that maybe you're a person that likes to weigh stuff and track stuff and and maybe you just take a couple days off of that maybe you don't maybe you just don't do that you're not going to if you already have some of the things in place to have discipline with what you're eating you know you don't need to worry you're not going to probably gain like 10 pounds of body fat or anything you're probably not going to gain really anything so you know it's it's there's a time and place for all of it there's time and place to train really heavy there's a time and place to train with uh you know, really short rest intervals. There's time and place to kind of mix, mix in just a wide variety of things and feel good about all of it. Yeah. Damn, dude, you're looking jacked in that video. It's crazy. I think this is probably, you know, and, and that's another thing to kind of keep in mind. Like what happens after a bodybuilding show to a lot of people, a lot of times they look better. Mm. You know, yeah. some, some, sometimes there's that rebound that we've talked about where somebody, uh, you know, they gain 30 pounds or 40 pounds. And uh, from a mental standpoint, it's, you know, really hard for them to overcome and stuff. But sometimes people just get a healthy amount of calories in their body and they're like, shit, man, like the show should be today. You know, you look (laughs) you look awesome right here, you know. And so, yeah, it's not a lot of shit right there. (laughs) (laughs) What you got, Andrew? No, I was just going to ask about like uh, being okay with um, so you're, you're getting lean and stuff and i mean this is kind of a bad example because you what you just said but uh like letting go of the strength right like uh people kind of have a hard time they want to get bigger but then oh shoot like i I can't bench the same amount of weight or i can't you know do this and that and then they kind of want to then they become unsure of what they want to do so it's like uh how hard is it to like really fully commit and let go of again like i said earlier like this other person there's, there's different strengths, you know, there's a lot of different forms of strength and in SEMA, you know, this, you know, doing a bodybuilding show. Yeah. You'll lose weight, start to lose some strength, but then you start to gain other things like you, you're going to gain the ability to move your body around better. So Mm -hmm. for you, I mean, you're already pretty good at pull-ups. I've seen you do like weighted pull-ups and stuff. But when you're in bodybuilding mode, how much easier are those pull-ups? Oh, so much easier. <laughs> so much easier. I mean, you're banging out weight. 12 reps and you're squeezing them and you're doing it, right? Yeah, it's less weight to have to move around. So, like, not everything gets weaker. But, yeah, definitely, like, my bench gets weaker. My squat, all my power lifts got a little bit weaker in terms of the absolute amount of weight I could push. Right. But, again, it was understanding going in with that expectation for that to happen to an extent. You know, if you don't know that you're going to get a, like quite a bit weaker and not feel mm. as strong under heavy loads, okay, it might hit you a little bit more. But like you're losing body fat around certain areas, like in your hips. You know, when you're squatting down into the hole, mm-hmm. you, you that hip fat is nice. You don't have that hip fat <laughs> when you're lean, right? So you feel kind of fragile. Um, so yeah, I, I I would say that that was one aspect of it that like it did hit me a little bit because there would be movements that I would want to push a little bit heavier and I just physically couldn't. Um, but I knew that going in, I knew that going in. And even right now with like with jujitsu and, and lifting, like I went into jujitsu understanding that, okay, I might drop a few pounds. I'm not going to be as strong as I was when I was like focusing on powerlifting when I was 260, but 
I can still be pretty strong with like quite a few things while still being able to do this, this thing. So I went in understanding what I was going to get myself into. Yeah. I was talking to some of the fighters uh, yesterday at uh, CSA and uh, one of the guys was saying um, he can deadlift around four or five. It's probably, I mean, the guy's probably a buck 70 or something, buck Mm -hmm. 60. I mean, he's not a, not a heavy guy, Um, but he's one of the better fighters they have up there. And, he was saying how, you know, a lot of times people will ask him, like, as he's gotten leaner, you know, is he losing some strength or even going into a fight, you know, will he lose some strength because he has to do like a weight cut? And he's like, I'll lose like a tiny bit of strength in terms of maybe being able to like pick up a certain weight or or something like that. But he's like, I'm so much more fit. Uh, I can I can move better. I can move faster. And he was kind of mimicking, like throwing punches. He's like, I have a lot more snap. And he's like, I had this snap and this pop right here on these movements and in these drills because I pull back on some of the lifting. And so some strength coaches would be like, no, I mean, you can't pull. You know, this is a guy who's had, you know, 50 fights or so. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he knows what's going on. He knows how to he knows how to play the game. So he knows what's going to work well for him. But what I thought was interesting is like he's 100 percent right. Look, he's taking out energy because he's eating less food. What can he afford to give up? He can't really, he can't stop his drills. He can't stop the MMA stuff. He can't stop striking. He can't stop wrestling. He can't stop practicing jujitsu. It makes absolutely no sense to get rid of any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. He can't stop jumping rope. He can't, I mean, he has to keep moving. He has to have his general physical preparedness needs to be high. His specific preparedness needs to be high. And the one place that he can pull something out of would be, you know, hitting heavy deadlifts because the heavy deadlifts, and some people try to disagree on this, the heavy deadlifts are going to make you slow and not make you slow in terms of how fast you move because being stronger can actually help you move through space faster. Yeah. Like Hussein Bolt demonstrates uh, an immense amount of strength. I don't think people understand that when he's doing his 100-meter dash, right? Mm-hmm. He's flying and he moves stronger and more powerful than anybody we've ever seen before, yeah. right? But for a fighter or somebody uh, even like in jujitsu or somebody or CrossFit, if the movement costs them too much for the next few days, that's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. So like if he, let's say he did a 405 deadlift and then he had jujitsu, he had wrestling, he had striking to go over two and three days later after his max effort deadlift, he's going to move around the way that we move around. He's going to move around the way a power lifter moves around. He's going to be taxed. He's going to be slowing down, right? So that's where I think, you know, you really have to just pay attention. Like, you know, what's coming next? What are you doing? And if you love heavy lifting, you don't have to stop heavy lifting. You can continue to lift heavy and you can continue to have strain and struggle. You can continue to do some of those, uh, like I did some one rep maxes. I, I pulled close to 600 pounds before the meet came. I benched 405, uh, or sorry, before the competition came, the, the bodybuilding show. They, and it wasn't like those were like impossible for me, but it still gave me that, that strain and struggle. The same as I felt when I've deadlifted 700, the same as I felt when I benched over 500. So you could still get those things. It's going to be a little less weight, but it's still going to be fun. It's still going to have that challenge to it, but be cautious that you're not trying to put so much into that because that's not the focus. Not the focus place. at that point is to dump body fat. Yeah. No, that's definitely true. Especially even like right now, like the, the focus in terms of my lifting is just to, to help me be better on the mats. And I know what I can give. I know what I, I know what I can't do. So it's just that shift. 
figuring out what's more important more important at the time. Have you overdone your lifting a couple times where you went to practice and you're like, hmm, my hip, my knee, my back, whatever? I kind of look at that as a positive, honestly. Like because it's training. Yeah, be, be, and and also like when I do that here, right, or when I lift anywhere before I go to jujitsu, it is good because it forces me to utilize better technique on mm-hmm. the mat. I'm pre fatigued, so I'm not able to push my opponent off me with all my like with all my power. Um, I may have to move a little bit slower, but it does force me to use better technique in all my roles, use my energy smartly, and it helps improve that martial art and. Like I, that, I think that's actually something that's oddly beneficial about like about this. I, I don't know any other thing that or maybe other martial arts. I don't know. I don't know any other thing that, you know, pre fatiguing yourself before doing it can actually be very beneficial for it. Um, but I think like for all jujitsu, I think there's athletes, a lot that's not known about that. I think that that is I do think that is like if there is a magic pill, I think that there's a lot of magic in that. You have to be a little cautious with it because you don't want to go too far and hurt yeah. yourself on like a heavy deadlift, right? Yeah. But doing some leg presses and doing some lunges before before you deadlift mm. can, and I'll use the word help, it can help and assist you to use less weight. Now, somebody might think, oh, it's, it's hurting. You can't lift as much weight. But actually, it may force you to have better form and technique, and it might take your legs away a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now you might have to try to fit, use your lower back more, but we're still trying to adhere to having good form. So... Maybe the only way that you can lift that day, because you did so much work before that, maybe all you can lift that day is 405 with keeping your back flat, with having your, uh, you know, your hips down and and things like that. So it's not like you're going to execute anything regardless of technique. You still have the same, all the same rules. It's just that you probably need to use a little bit less weight until you get used to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yesterday was was a lot of fun. You know, I got a chance to uh, watch, uh, I call him the dream killer, Gaston. I forget his last name. But watching him. Is so, he a fighter? Yeah, he's a fighter. Yeah, okay. he does uh, MMA up at, uh, at, at CSA. In, um, that's where the uh, slingshot record breaker is going to be this year. But, you know, he was, he was practicing. He's practicing some drills with his teammates. They're all fighting uh, September 6th for Strike Force. And. He's rolling. They're working on specific moves, mainly chokes. And, and, and it was fun to watch because they're all like allowing each other to do some stuff. They're all allowing each other to do some, you know, some parts of uh, they're, they're drilling. Yeah. So they're allowing each other to get certain holds and stuff. But they're also working very hard. <laughs> yeah, this guy's a fucking animal. We're watching some videos. Is of this the Gaston guy? Yeah, he's absolute savage. We'll have him on the podcast. He, he was excited to be on. So we'll. We'll get him down here at, at times. The pop on those kicks is yeah. just, just doesn't make any sense. He's been on Joe Rogan and stuff before. A very, a very, very good fighter. His his main thing is the elbow. This guy throws an elbow at you and you're just, you're toast. <laughs> but he went from the rolling where, you know, the effort was 80% maybe. Mm-hmm. Then he went into sparring. And when he went into sparring, it, he did round after round. I think he probably did about six or eight rounds of, of sparring like this, where he's hitting the hitting the gloves. Mm-hmm. And he did. Um, he was doing working on punches and kicks and, and different things like that. And then he immediately went from that, which none of it phased him. He had no facial expression at all. Like he wasn't tired. Um, my friend Kieran was like worn, worn the hell out just holding the mitts for him, you know, holding the gloves for him. And then he immediately went from that to like coaching a practice. And so like in the, you know, 45 minutes that Josh and I were there, we watched him, he rolled, 
And it, again, it wasn't intensely. Plus, this is at the end of the day. Yeah. He's probably already there for 12 hours uh-huh. or 10 hours or whatever. We didn't even see that part. And he just gets off the mat. Boom. He goes right into his striking. And boom, he rolled right into uh, teaching a class. So it was, it, was, uh, it was awesome to kind of watch. But like the level of fitness that those kind of people need and the accuracy that they need with their nutrition and with their sleep. And it's, it's just another level of commitment. And, and me and Josh were actually talking about you know, fighting is probably the, the ultimate thing where you need, like, you know, we talk about bodybuilding and how hard bodybuilding can be mm-hmm. because of the nutrition aspect. When it comes to fighting, it's like, you better have everything all together. Your, your strength, yeah. your endurance. I mean, there's just so much to work on. You got to worry about someone kicking you in the head. So you can't just go in and shoot on somebody or kneeing you in the head. Yeah. It's like, man, there's no other sport that could be any more time consuming than that. Fighting is the kind of thing where I look at, I'm like, I want to do it, but I'm like, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like I may do the martial arts, like the jujitsu is awesome, but it's not like fighting. It's not like you're not getting punched in the face or kicked in the rib. That's different. You know, I don't know, man. I think you would be good at it. <laughs> I, I, I might be good, I think, but I, <laughs> I, I want to get hit. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you'd have to, uh, I don't know. Think, think of it this way. Daniel Cormier, right. Who just fought, he just lost, but mm. Daniel Cormier is like top of the top, right? But he was 245. Yeah. How much do you weigh? Like 245. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different 245. I'm not saying that you can fuck with Daniel Cormier. I'm just saying like a lot of heavyweights don't look like that. Yeah. A lot of heavyweights can't move like that. A lot of heavyweights, you know, a lot of heavyweights are talented too. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are super talented. So it's Francis Ngannou. Oh yeah. It's a freak show, right? Like it's a, it's a, it's a freak show of freak shows. But I think that if you, Josh and I talked about this yesterday. <laughs> I think that if you were to try it, you're pretty damn competitive. So I think that you would learn the skill sets enough to, like, I don't really picture you as a mean person. And I think that a, a fighter kind of has to have, you know, a little meanness in you. Yeah. But I think that you have enough competitive spirit to where you could be mean enough to get the job done. And on top of that, I think that you would just be so fascinated with all the different skill sets that it takes that you would want, like George St. Pierre. I don't think George St. Pierre is a mean person, mm. but George St. Pierre kills people. <laughs> he destroys people. And it's because same thing. He's fascinated with like the technique of it. So he, you know, had to learn all the different moves and everything. But I think, I think you'd love it. And, and we actually taught when we talked to Caesar Gracie, he actually mentioned your coach, and he said that he helped him, uh, I think, start one of his first gyms. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he did. I don't have no idea yeah, about that. Yeah, it's pretty that. cool. He actually just won Worlds this week in Casio, or yesterday, Masters Worlds. He we went need to get down, him in here for a podcast. Yeah, he went down um, an age bracket. So the age He bracket, submitted yeah, everybody, everybody, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. went down the age bracket, um, won all his matches, and uh, yeah, he cut two for it. So he, he killed he killed where's his gym map so people that are listening if anyone's in the area can go check it out yeah so Cassio has two locations one in carmichael and then the other one in roseville so the roseville school he teaches at but the carmichael school he teaches at more hmm. yeah yeah super cool stuff man mm-hmm. anything else andrew oh just a uh, reminder for uh, free shirt friday today oh free shirt friday look at that who's handsome. that huh it's a really good picture, whoever took it. That guy's got a big head. He's yeah, kind of head. Pumpkin head. Yeah, it's kind of shaped like that. Mm-hmm. 
Free Shirt Friday, and then also shout out to uh, we got some sponsors coming up. Super excited about that. Um, you know, these are these are good uh, combinations. It's good to collaborate with some of these companies, and it's uh, it's good to have you know some strong people behind us. We got Certified Piedmontese coming in hot, so we're gonna have some great deals for you guys coming up. We'll announce those uh, in the next few episodes, and then also Perfect Keto has jumped on board as well. So. It's it's been a long time coming. I think it's great. It provides a lot more opportunity for this podcast to always get better, buy more equipment, uh, get out to some different areas, get out to some different places, travel a little bit more, and um, it just provides some uh, fun opportunities for us. Plus, we get to enjoy a bunch of free meat and some perfect keto bars and products. Right? I cannot wait for that meat, man. Oh God. Yep. That that. <laughs> yeah. Look at this. Look, look at this. Look at this uh, it right makes now. you so hungry right now. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, okay. Jackedcows.com. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you all later.